Story two of the Fairy Ring. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by M. C. Y. The Fairy Ring, edited by Kate Douglas Wagen and Nora Archibald Smith. Story two: The Golden Lantern, Golden Goat, and Golden Cloak. There once was a poor widow who had three sons. The two elder ones went out to work for their living, and while at home they were of little use, as they seldom did as their mother wished, whatever she might say to them. But the youngest lad always remained at home, and helped the old widow in her daily occupations. Hence he was much beloved by his mother, but disliked by his brothers, who in mockery gave him the nickname of Pinkle. One day the old widow said to her sons, you must all go abroad in the world, and seek your fortunes while you can. I am no longer able to feed you here at home, now that you are grown up. The lads answered that they wished for nothing better, since it was contrary to their mother's will that they should remain at home. They then prepared for their departure, and set out on their journey, but after wandering about from place to place, were unable to procure any employment. After journeying thus for a long time, they came late one evening to a vast lake. Far out in the water there was an island, on which there appeared a strong light, as of fire. The lads stopped on shore observing the wondrous light, and thence concluded that there must be human beings in the place. As it was now dark, and the brothers knew not where to find a shelter for the night, they resolved on taking a boat that lay among the reeds, and rowing over to the island to beg a lodging. With this view they placed themselves in the boat, and rowed across. On approaching the island, they perceived a little hut standing at the water's edge, on reaching which they discovered that the bright light that shone over the neighborhood proceeded from a golden lantern that stood at the door of the hut. In the yard without, a large goat was wandering about, with golden horns, to which small bells were fastened, that gave forth a pleasing sound whenever the animal moved. The brothers wondered much at all this, but most of all at the old crone, who with her daughter inhabited the hut. The crone was both old and ugly, but was sumptuously clad in a pelisse of cloak, worked so artificially with golden threads that it glittered like burnished gold in every hem. The lads saw now very clearly that they had come to no ordinary human being, but to a troll. After some deliberation the brothers entered, and saw the crone standing by the fireplace and stirring with a ladle in a large pot that was boiling on the hearth. They told their story and prayed to be allowed to pass the night there, but the crone answered no, at the same time directing them to a royal palace, which lay on the other side of the lake. While speaking, she kept looking intently on the youngest boy, as he was standing and casting his eyes over everything in the hut. The crone said to him, "'What is thy name, my boy?' The lad answered smartly, "'I'm called Pinko.' The troll then said, "'Thy brothers can go their way, but thou shalt stay here, for thou appearest to me very crafty.' and my mind tells me that I have no good to expect from thee if thou shouldst stay long at the king's palace. 
Pinkel now humbly begged to be allowed to accompany his brothers, and promised never to cause a crown harm or annoyance. At length he also had leave to depart, after which the brothers hastened to the boat, not a little glad that all three had escaped so well in this adventure. Toward the morning they arrived at a royal palace, larger and more magnificent than anything they had ever seen before. They entered and begged for employment. The eldest two were received as helpers in the royal stables, and the youngest was taken as page to the king's young son. And being a sprightly intelligent lad, he soon won the good will of everyone, and rose from day to day in the king's favor. At is, his brothers were sorely nettled, not in jury that he should be preferred to themselves. At length they consulted together how they might compass the fall of their young brother, in the belief that afterwards they should prosper better than before. They therefore presented themselves one day before the king, and gave him an exaggerated account of the beautiful lantern that shed light over both land and water, adding that it ill beseemed a king to lack so precious a jewel. On hearing this, the king's attention was excited, and he asked, Where is this lantern to be found, and who can procure it for me? The brothers answered, No one can do that unless it be our brother Pinkel. He knows best where the lantern is to be found. The king was now filled with the desire to obtain the golden lantern about which he had to tell, and commanded the youth to be called. When Pinkel came, the king said, If thou canst procure me the golden lantern that shines over land and water, I will make thee the chief man in my whole court. The youth promised to do his best to execute his lord's behest, and the king praised him for his willingness. But the brothers rejoiced at heart, for they well knew it was a perilous undertaking, which could hardly terminate favorably. Pinkel now prepared a little boat, and, unaccompanied by any one, rode over to the little island inhabited by the troll crone. When he arrived it was already evening, and the crone was busied in boiling porridge for supper, as was her custom. The youth, creeping softly up to the roof, cast from time to time a handful of salt through the chimney, so that it fell down into the pot that was boiling on the hearth. When the porridge was ready, the crone had begun to eat. She could not conceive what had made it so salt and bitter. She was out of humor, and chided her daughter, thinking that she had put too much salt into the porridge. But let her dilute the porridge as she might, it could not be eaten, so salt and bitter it was. She then ordered her daughter to go to the well, that was just at the foot of the hill, and fetch water, in order to prepare fresh porridge. The maiden answered, How can I go to the well? It is so dark out of doors that I cannot find the way over the hill. Then take my gold lantern, said the crone peevishly. The girl took the beautiful gold lantern accordingly, and hastened her way to fetch the water. But as she stooped to lift the pail, Pinkel, who was on the watch, seized her by the feet, and cast her headlong into the water. He then took the golden lantern, and betook himself in all haste to his boat. In the meantime the crone was wondering why her daughter stayed out so long, and at the same moment, chancing to look through the window, she saw the light gleaming far out on the water. At his side she was sorely vexed, and hurrying down to the shore, cried aloud, 
Is that thou, Pinko? The youth answered, Yes, dear mother, it is I. The troll continued, Art thou not a great knave? The lad answered, Yes, dear mother, I am so. The crown now began to lament and complain, saying, Ah, what a fool was I to let thee go from me! I might have been sure thou wouldst play me some trick. If thou ever comest hither again, thou shalt not escape. And so the matter rested for that time. Pinko now returned to the king's palace, and became the chief person at court, as the king had promised. But when the brothers were informed what complete success he had had in his adventure, they became yet more envious and embittered than before, and often consulted together how they might accomplish the fall of their young brother, and gain the king's favor for themselves. Both brothers went, therefore, a second time before the king, and began relating at full length about the beautiful goat to the horns of the purest goat, from which little gold bells were suspended, which gave forth a pleasing sound whenever the animal moved. They added that it ill became so rich a king to lack so costly a treasure. On hearing their story, the king was greatly excited, and said, Where is this gold to be found, and who can procure it for me? The brothers answered, That no one can do unless it be our brother Pinko, for he knows best where the goat is to be found. The king then felt a strong desire to possess the goat with the golden horns, and therefore commanded the youth to appear before him. When Pinko came, the king said, Thy brothers have been telling me of a beautiful goat with horns of the purest gold, and little bells fastened to the horns, which ring whenever the animal moves. Now it is my will that thou go and procure for me this goat. If thou art successful, I will make thee lord over a third part of my kingdom. The youth, having listened to this speech, promised to execute his lord's commission, if only fortune would befriend him. The king then praised his readiness, and the brothers were glad at heart, believing that Pinko would not escape this time so well as the first. Pinko now made the necessary preparations and rode to the island where the troll wife dwelt. When he reached it, evening was already advanced, and it was dark, so that no one could be aware of his coming, the golden lantern being no longer there, but shedding its light in the royal palace. The youth now deliberated with himself how to get the golden goat, but the task was no easy one, for the animal lay every night in the crone's hut. At length it occurred to his mind that there was one method which might probably prove successful, though nevertheless sufficiently difficult to carry into effect. At night, when it was time for the crone and her daughter to go to bed, the girl went as usual to bolt the door, but Pinko was just outside on the watch, and had placed a piece of wood behind the door, so that he would not shut close. The girl stood for a long time trying to lock it, but to no purpose. On perceiving this, the crone thought there was something out of order, and called out that the door might very well remain unlocked for the night, as soon as it was daylight they could ascertain what was wanting. The girl then left the door ajar, and laid herself down to sleep. When the night was a little more advanced, and the crone and her daughter were snug in deep repose, the youth stole softly into the hut, 
and approached the goat where he lay stretched out on the hearth. Pinkel now stuffed wool into all the golden bells, lest their sound might betray him. Then, seizing the goat, he bore it off to his boat. When he had reached the middle of the lake, he took the wool out of the goat's ears, and the animal moved so that the bells rang aloud. At the sound the crone awoke, ran down to the water, and cried in an angry tone, "'Is that thou, Pinkel?' the youth answered. "'Yes, dear mother, it is.' The crone said, "'Hast thou stolen my golden goat?' The youth answered, "'Yes, dear mother, I have.' The troll continued, "'Art thou not a big knave?' Pinkel returned for answer, "'Yes, I am so, dear mother.' Now the beldam began to whine and complain, saying, "'Ah, what a dimpleton was I for letting thee slip away from me! I well knew thou wouldst play me some trick, but if thou comest hither ever again, thou shalt never go hence.' Pinkel now returned to the king's court and obtained the government of a third part of the kingdom, as the king had promised. But when the brothers heard how the enterprise had succeeded, and also saw the beautiful lantern and the goat with the golden horns, which were regarded by every one as great wonders, they would become still more hostile and bitter than ever. They could think of nothing but how they might accomplish his destruction. They went, therefore, one day again before the king, to whom they gave a most elaborate description of the troll crown's fur cloak, that shone like the brightest gold, and was worked with golden threads in every seam. The brother said it was more befitting a queen than a troll to possess such a treasure, and added that that alone was wanting to the king's good fortune. When the king heard all this, he became very thoughtful, and said, Where is this cloak to be found, and who can procure it for me? The brothers answered, No one can do that, except our brother Pinkel, for he knows best where the golden cloak is to be found. The king was thereupon seized with an ardent longing to possess the golden cloak, and commanded the youth to be called before him. When Pinko came, the king said, I have long been aware that thou hast an affection for my young daughter, and thy brothers have been telling me of a beautiful fur cloak which shines with the reddest gold in every seam. It is therefore my will that thou go and procure for me this cloak, if thou art successful, thou shalt be my son-in-law, and after me shalt inherit the kingdom. When the youth heard this, he was glad beyond measure, and promised either to win the young maiden or perish in the attempt. The king thereupon praised his readiness, but the brothers were delighted in their false hearts, and trusted that the enterprise would prove their brother's destruction. Pinkyon then betook himself to his boat, and crossed over to the island inhabited by the troll crone. On the way he anxiously deliberated with himself how he might get possession of the crone's golden cloak, but it appeared to him not very likely that his undertaking would prove successful, seeing that the troll always wore the cloak upon her. So after having concerted diverse plans, one more hazardous than another, it occurred to him that he would try one method which might perhaps succeed, although it was bold and rash. 
In pursuance of his scheme, he bound a bag under his clothes, and walked with trembling step and humble demeanor into the Beldam's hut. On perceiving him, the troll cast on him a savage glance, and said, "'Pinko, is that thou?' The youth answered, "'Yes, dear mother, it is.' The crone was overjoyed, and said, "'Although thou art come voluntarily into my power, thou canst not surely hope to escape again from me, after having played me so many tricks.' She then took a large knife and prepared to make an end of poor Pinkle, but the youth, seeing her design, appeared sorely terrified, and said, "'If I must needs die, I think I might be allowed to choose the manner of my death. I would rather eat myself to death with milk porridge than be killed with a knife.' The crown thought to herself that the youth had made a bad choice, and therefore promised to comply with his wish. She then set a huge pot on the fire, in which she put a large quantity of porridge. When the mess was ready, she placed it before Pinkle that he might eat, who for every spoonful of porridge that he put into his mouth, poured two into the bag that was tied under his clothes. At length the crone began to wonder how Pinkle could contrive to swallow such a quantity, but just at the same moment the youth, making a show of being sick to death, sank down from his seat as if he were dead, and an absurd cut a hole in the bag, so that the porridge went over the floor. The crone, thinking that Pinkle had burst with the quantity of porridge he had eaten, was now a little glad, clapped her hands together, and ran off to look for her daughter, who was gone to the well. But as the weather was wet and stormy, she first took off her beautiful fur cloak and laid it aside in the hut. Before she could have proceeded far, the young came to life again, and springing up like lightning, seized on a golden cloak, and ran off at the top of his speed. Shortly after, the crown perceived Pinkle as he was rowing his little boat. On seeing him alive again, and observing the golden cloak, glittering on the surface of the water, she was angry beyond all conception, and went far out on the strand, crying, "'Is that thou, Pinkle?' the youth answered. "'Yes, it is I, dear mother,' the crown said. "'Hast thou taken my beautiful golden cloak?' Pinkle responded. "'Yes, dear mother, I have,' the troll continued. "'Art thou not a great knave?' the youth replied. "'Yes, I am so, dear mother.' The old witch was now almost beside herself, and began to whine and lament, and said, "'Ah, how silly was it of me to let thee slip away! I was well assured thou wouldst play me many wicked tricks.' They then parted from each other. The troll wife now returned to her hut, and Pinko crossed the water, and arrived safely at the king's palace. There he delivered the golden cloak, of which everyone said that a more sumptuous garment was never seen nor heard of. The king honorably kept his word with the youth, and gave him his young daughter to wife. Pinko afterwards lived happy and content to the end of his days, but his brothers were and continued to be helpers in the stable as long as they lived. End of the Golden Lantern, Golden Goat, and Golden Cloak